Shifting Consciously, a podcast created to help us remember who we are, divine beings of love and light having a human experience, a platform for individuals interested in exploring the possibilities of living a life in alignment with what is highest and best in their own lives, and by doing so, making a difference in the world. Hello, I'm Karen Bowen. Welcome to the seventh episode of Shifting Consciously, a podcast dedicated to honest, responsible, and present dialogue where issues of the mind and heart are discussed in a way to help one another consciously co-create. We'll be looking at our beliefs, our habits, and strategies and explore which service and which need to be discarded. And of course, we will be examining alternatives to our current ways so we can live happier lives on a healthier planet, where we remind each other of the choices present in our lives and how to make them conscious choices. Today we examine what contributes to honest, responsible, and conscious communication, and by considering how we react in tense and difficult situations, we find the origins of why we often fail in our attempts to communicate effectively. As we discuss methods to prevent miscommunicating, we again recognize that our perceptions play a large part in our interactions with others. Let us chat about communication, and let us chat about what works in communication, why it works, and what falls apart when we're communicating with other people. And I guess I will start by just saying this. I don't, I've worked with communication as a profession for 18 years, and I have explored the depth of my communication style and what I need to grow in for the last six and a half, really, truly. I don't see there being a right or a wrong in a black and white way, but I think there are certain guidelines that when we follow them, it creates harmony within our relationships. And I think there are certain things that when they are not followed, contribute to a lot of hardship. So give us some examples. Okay, so I will share one of my greatest challenges within communication, and that is feeling misunderstood. So if I've said something with a specific motive or intent, and the recipient, the person on the receiving end of my communication perceives it a different way, my pattern is to go on the defense and to feel victimized as if I've done something wrong And an example of this happened this week with my mom and I made what I thought was a benign statement and I made it really as a statement and it got flipped around as an opinion piece where she shared her opinion and I didn't enjoy her opinion and I went on the defense and then I sort of shut down and it prevents further understanding and further dialogue. And I will contrast that with what just happened within our group right now, where I sent out a communication electronically to our group and there was a misunderstanding, a lack of clarification, a lack of mutual understanding in our group. Karen, you brought up that it confused you, but the way in which you presented it allowed you to express what was confusing to you and allowed us to get to a place of understanding who was confused, 
what was confusing about the communication, what would we like to see happen in the future. If we are not communicating with people who are able to have a conversation to share their perspective and hear somebody else's perspective, we won't be able to get to mutual understanding. So for me, one of my practices has been to understand when I feel like I'm going on the defense, when I feel like I've been misunderstood or why does this, per- this, why does this person's comment trigger me? What do I need to look at in myself? What do I need to come back to? And what do I need to share? And when do I need to share it? And how do I need to share it? Um, so without getting into specifics of my personal conversations, just staying conscious to the process of communication and understanding that my perspective isn't the only perspective, that if I'm willing to open up and listen and hear, I will learn that my very specific view isn't shared equally by everybody else, that other people have different views, and that usually if we're willing to open up and have a conversation, we can understand more than we did before we started the conversation. Well, you know, I think us discussing it, as you pointed out, why I was confused and why the three of you understood. You understood that you were speaking about a future time. I did not understand that. And when I realized that the three of you are always or used to using digital, you know, internet, email and everything, and although I am, I prefer one-on-one conversation, okay? And so recognizing that one of my limitations is that I don't recognize right away. I didn't immediately see, oh, I'm confused about what she's saying in this email. So if I had, I would have said, Erica, please, as I have in the past, Mm -hmm. I don't understand what you're saying. And then you can just come back and clarify. But at the moment, I just went right into, oh my gosh, because it was today, and I guess this is the thing, because the email was today, I thought it was an emergency. I thought you needed to change the time. Okay, And so I probably didn't really spend the time to read through it perfectly, and I certainly didn't ask for clarification. So one of my problems I can see is making an assumption. I assumed because it was today that it was about today, didn't really read the email completely, and therefore got caught up in chaos and confusion. I think you're bringing up a very good point. We all communicate differently, and we all have favored styles. And one of the things that I have, and you all know this, one of the things that I have not embraced is texting and using that kind of communication. And I also recognize that if you do that, you're not going to embrace the same way I communicate. So there's a little bit of a, what would you call it? Kind of like a mismatch, a miscommunication. If I'm so used to, yeah, I'm used to using, you know, one-on-one, speaking to the person, either Zoom or something. I'm not, I don't text. I've texted maybe three times in my entire life. And there's a reason for that, but we won't go into that. But I think it's really important to understand the difference in the way people communicate and their preferences, but also to be open to understanding that, like you said, my way is not the only way. Other people look at it differently. I think one of the things to add to what you're saying, what you're saying is, we lead with their energy when we talk. We, 
and I, I've tried to become more aware of how I'm coming across. What am I thinking? Am I present? Am I not? Am I angry? Am I frustrated? Maybe I'm not even aware of something that is going on. So I think a lot of people are not aware when they speak. They haven't put the time in to consider, is my energy in alignment with my words, with my body language, with my... And if it's not, some people are very sensitive to seeing that. I, I personally am very... I think you, you mentioned too. I, 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 I think I react the same way you do. I'm very sensitive to energy. I can read. I can tell very quickly if there's an imbalance between energy and say the words coming out of someone's mouth. I, I'm not good at figuring out why, but I know immediately there's an imbalance and I've been trying to learn how to not react to that in a defensive manner because that's my first natural reaction is to go, what's your problem? You know, as opposed to just staying present and recognizing that there's something else going on here that I need present for. So I think that's one thing. And when you talk about texting uh, or emailing, you know, I, 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 in my profession, I, I, I have to do that all the time. So I've become accustomed to it. I use it as a tool for specific reasons, you know, quick hits, quick communication. But if I want to have a deep dialogue with somebody, I'm not going to text them. And I'm probably not going to email them. I love one-on-one -on -one conversation because I want to be able to see the body language. I want to be able to feel the energy all at once. And that's a challenge with texting. You don't, you, you, all of that other stuff is not part of it. So it's so much easier to uh, take something out of context. It's so much easier to, you know, misinterpret something because you're missing a, a huge piece of the pie. Well, I think that's a perfect idea that you brought up. And I'm glad you mentioned it because I don't think I do that. I think I do that on a subtle level, but I don't do it consciously. I don't consciously do listen to a person uh -oh. and see whether or not their energy matches their words. I do, I do pay attention to whether or not their words match their actions. But you're taking it to a different level, which I think is a really important level. And I think when you say, I don't know why it's mismatched, or I don't know why the energy doesn't match the words, it's probably because the person doesn't know. The yeah. person's in chaos. Like me, I was in confusion. Well, okay. It yeah. was, to me, it was not logical. And because my limit, I do have a limit. And my limit is, if it's not logical, my mind goes into my mind goes into a frazzle. If you say something to me that doesn't make sense to me, it's illogical, I just go, what? I mean, because my mind, it's very, remember Ray one mind? Just right, you know, down the line. And so it doesn't have a lot of creativity, okay? And that's a limitation. Yeah, and, and, I, and I, I want to bring up something, expand on what you just said with, with Lauren. I have, I have kind of a general rule that I, I, I don't want to talk about too much on this with that before I tell Laura about it, but I think I'm safe on this one. Okay. Because <laughs> it's more about me. Okay. So with communication, part of the challenge is you're right. Part of the challenge with a good example with my wife, she may not know what's going if I sense an imbalance, she may not be aware. But on the other hand, it also could be that she's being cautious about approaching me with something. Because maybe I've not done a good job over the over the 20 years we've been together of, of showing her that she can trust to come to me and say something to me. You know, and that's on me, right? So there's a lot of reasons, I suppose, why somebody may not have their energy match their actions, match their words, match their body language. But it's up to me 
if I have the ability to be aware of it, sense it, it's up to me to breathe, take a breath and pause and not jump into getting defensive and, and not assume, project with ego why that person's doing it. And, that, and that's what I'm working. It's very hard, I admit. But that's what I'm practicing. But you're talking about staying in the authentic triangle. You're talking about being honest, responsible, and conscious. Because when we're not, and when we get into confusion, it's because we're in the drama triangle, right? Mm -hmm. We either feel victimized or misunderstood or something. And that's all about being the victim. So I think that's a very good point. And yes, sometimes it is because a person is afraid to say something to us because of a previous reaction. Kate, well... I think so much of what you guys are talking about, so I've written down just a couple things, but um, I think perspective really matters because like, and this just hit me, Karen, when you were talking about it, it wasn't logical. It wasn't logical. That is absolutely correct. A hundred percent correct from your perspective. So when we are, when I'm communicating with, for example, my husband and he'll say something, this is our, this is, and he, I mean, I know he's fine with me saying this because we'll say it to anyone. This is our problem. Our problem is we'll say the same thing in an argument at each other for 30 minutes. And I'm saying the same thing as him. We might as well be dancing. We should be doing the hula celebrating that we're saying the same thing, like, like doing a celebration dance. And instead of stopping, pumping the brakes and going, okay, wait a second. I want to, I, Kate, want to understand you and that's what was brilliant about how you brought it up you know karen when when we came in here you said i appreciate first of all you affirmed us you said i appreciate you guys that you you know where i come from and you understand and we can i can be direct with you so there was an affirmation and a recognition of us and then you then you recognize yourself you said i am direct and this is how you know this is i am logical and so you you like added up the math and it was important for all of us to be a part of that because we're all part of this equation of understanding as a collective. And then you said, this equals chaos for me. Can you please, would you guys let me know, uh, shine some light on it? And it was like a, a collaborative way to look through every side of the perspective box and to go, okay, here's where I'm looking. I see where you're looking, but I still don't get what's going on. Can you help me? And... Um, and that's, I think, the key to what we're, what we have to do in any relationship. And like, one thing that's helped me with communication um, was something we talked about a while ago, which is I now ask Adam as much as I can be get conscious. I ask Adam, would you like to hear about this? And that brings a different perspective. It brings a different energy to the field because then you're saying, I acknowledge you and your space and your time, and. I want you to have a choice here. And he hears me better. He does. And I know that I hear him better. Just he doesn't even ask me that. But because I'm asking him that, when he talks to me, I'm making the choice to listen. So because I'm thinking, okay, do I want to hear this? And um, so I can kind of flip it on myself. And the other thing I wanted to say about kids and um, I mean, I just wrote down young people get angry. It's like, I think there's literally like communication right now. If you look at it on the scale of um, the methods of communication, it's like, it's kind of like a band room, right? Like people right up in front, the first row of kids, those are your people you're talking to one-on-one. They get the biggest impact. They know exactly what's going on. They're always in tune, right? People in the back, 
that's your Facebook Messenger and your Instagram. You know, you're, it's like sometimes they listen, sometimes they don't. They might be making some weird little thing in the back and you're like, what are, they, what are you guys doing back there? And, you know, they might come back to you, they might not. And um, I've just noticed being in Mary Kay that, you know, I'll call, there's like an age group I can't call. I can't call them because they are actually offended, at least from the, the small sample sets I, I have since November of last year. I will call them and they will be like, like that is too invasive in into their life. It is too, I'm coming too close to, come close, too close to them because my words are there and they hear my heart and they hear whatever, who I am. And I've heard, I've heard feedback that that's too much. That's too much. They don't want to um, have me that close. And I think... What age group is this? I would say early 20s. Really? Something like that. Yeah. Well, they would be more apt to use texting and everything then. That's probably... They're not used to having people in their space. Wow. Correct. Correct. So it's an invasion. And are that's seen as that. And it's so interesting to me because, I mean, it, my perspective is... I'm taking my time to call you. I mean, this is, and this is something that, um, like you said, Dave, like when you really want to show that you care, you call. In fact, a friend of mine, this is so funny, a friend of mine um, who uh, is so wonderful, and I just connected with her, Mary Kay, and and I was talking to her about how things work, and she, and I said, hey, could I could I chat with you tomorrow? Do you mind if I call you? Because I ask that now. I am, do you, are you okay if I call you? So I'll text someone and say, would it be okay if I spoke to you um, to get their permission? And she said, okay. She's like, dude, business happens on the phone. Girl, you call me. You call me. If you want to get things done, let's talk. And I was like, I agree. I'm like, <laughs> you're my girl. So anyway, it's it's a thing. Well, and, and some people are afraid. I, mean, I, I work with uh, thousands of people yes, every day. And... There are some people that are, I'm somewhat projecting here because I don't know exactly how they feel, but they, they appear to be terrified, they, not comfortable. Maybe that's a better word. Yeah. Not comfortable with communication, uh, talking to people. Now, I, I consider myself to be more of an introvert. I, I mean, I'm comfortable with you guys, you, but you put me in a room of 500 people that I don't know and ask me to mingle, I'll, I'd rather go hide behind the, the bush than, than talk to anybody. But I'm fine standing up in front of a bunch of people speaking because i that's different, right? So everybody's different. Um, some people are very uncomfortable and some people love to face-to-face. I, I personally want to I want to be able to look someone in the eye because I, I can – maybe it's unique to me because I can, I can sense the energy better. But the question, I guess, Karen, for you or I guess for anybody, if, if we're talking about being present, that's what we're working on. We're talking about uh, being in alignment with our higher self if somebody – is in alignment with your higher self. Should you be able to sense, feel the energy of the of the moment, with, yes, right. So right, absolutely. And, and I I don't mean to ask a dumb question because I, I guess I've never really had this conversation with anybody. I I'm aware that I can sense it, but I don't know if that's common. And I I think is that something? Absolutely, you hit it right on the head because when we're conscious and present. We feel that energy because we're not thinking. As soon as we're thinking, we're out of our body, we're in our, our mental body, and that's where the chaos and the confusion comes. Mm. So 
That's a very important thing, a very important point to make. And when the reaction, when we react to anything, we are not in alignment with our higher selves. Well, and it's hard to take. It's when I get triggered, we're speaking communication. If I get triggered in communication and I go into ego, I'm. it's incredibly hard. It's very hard to take the high road, right? Yes. It, which, because if the other person is, if the other person is coming at me, because they're angry or they're frustrated and their words are sounding nice. But man, you can tell the energy behind the words is there's something just under the surface. I, that's when I tend to feel disrespected. That I shouldn't, but I, that's just. It's not about you. It, I, it's not, but I, that's what I'm learning. And so I, it's very, it's hard for me to take the high road in that moment because if I could just breathe. And realize it was it's not about me. I might even be able to help the other person, as opposed to taking it personally. And it that's that's. If hard. you just practice butt on the chair, just take a <laughs> breath. Absolutely. But let me get back to that introvert thing because you brought up a very important thing. Most people look at me and think I'm an extrovert. I am not. I am an introvert. And here's the difference. And I never understood this until I talked to my PhD friend uh, Jackie Binker, and she explained this to me. An introvert gets energy from themselves and from nature. An extrovert gets energy from people. When I do a class, and I love to do classes, I love to stand up, when I'm done, I'm out of there. I don't want to mingle with the people. I don't want to talk to everybody, shake hands. And if you drop me in the place with 500 people, no, I wouldn't be mingling. I'd be sitting in the back of the... But an extrovert, now think about this, an extrovert who gets energy from other people, they can mingle. Hmm. So what we have to be very careful, especially in communication, we have to be able to read people. If you assume somebody's an extrovert just because they're up on a stage talking, you're going to make a big mistake. Yeah, and it goes back to something I said a couple of episodes ago. It's assume good intent, right? Yes. A good friend that I used to work for you said that, right? And the other thing I noticed is, and myself included, so I'm not throwing stones here without accepting responsibility, but I think a lot of people want the other person to accept responsibility for the way they're feeling. And absolutely. And again, me included, sometimes, right? You know, Until you recognize that it's not about you or it is about you and your reaction. Mm-hmm. Don't forget what comes out of your mouth is about you and what comes out of my mouth is about me. Yeah. And so when you that's that consciousness, that's that stopping in that moment and saying, Oh, this is not about Erica. This is about me. I'm tunnel vision. I like this kind of communication. You know, being honest, that's that's the important thing. We have to be really honest with ourselves and say, wait a minute, what's this about me? If I'm confused or conflicted, you know, what's this about me? Because it's not the other person. And stopping in the moment is the hardest part, right? I'm, I'm pretty good about after some disagreement or argument or whatever it is, I'm pretty good about doing that, right? I, I'm the one that decided to feel that way. That's on me. Why did I? But in the moment, that's that's the... That's the I test. suppose that's not you to anybody, but that's, that's our part. I will agree wholeheartedly that it's in the moment, shifting directions. Um, shifting consciously. Oh, oh, is that what we're doing? Oh. <laughs> that is the name of this Oh, that's podcast. right. That is what we're doing. Someone should have a Funny. podcast called that. <laughs> um, be pretty good, I think. I will say, though, I have had these aha moments related to this because 
it becomes less difficult when you're sick of playing the same game sure. over and over again. My whole life, <laughs> I've participated in awful communication because I never understood the opposite of awful communication. When you experience the sweet nectar of clear communication, you want more of that. You might not know how to do it always, but it becomes very easy or easier to stop when I go like, your comment was raunchy, and now I'm sensing I'm getting raunchy here. Wait a minute. I'm just going to shut up for a few minutes or an hour or a day or whatever because I don't want to go there anymore. And I can remember asking you when I first started working with you, Karen, but I don't understand this dousing rod thing you talk about. It's as easy as where do you want your energy? Dousing rods open or dousing rods closed? And I was like trying to intellectualize it, but how do you get back open when you're close. Like I could not make sense of it. I did not understand how to get back open. It's a choice. And you might have very well used that word with me, but it's a choice in that moment to say, what do I want more? And once you've experienced that other choice, you're like, that's the one that I want. I don't want to keep digging in and making defensive argumentative comments or I don't want to continue to feel victimized. So like tonight, if I'm being honest, I felt your approach was brash. I, but because I was sensitive to it, why is she so upset about this? She sounds so irritated and I'm going <clears throat> sinking back further because that's my natural tendency is to feel defensive. And I finally went like, well, this isn't really about me. Karen's allowed to feel how Karen feels for whatever reason. So I stopped victimizing myself and I went, I don't have to feel badly that I sent an email. I'm allowed to send an email. She'll let me know if she doesn't want me to do that. I don't need to take on that energy because she's maybe not even trying to give that energy. I'm just willingly taking it. So let me pause. Let me listen. Let me feel my way through this and let's work it out, right? Same thing with my mom. I noticed her digging in with this comment and I sense energy like that day where I was like, that's not really what you meant. And I have enough experience with my mom. My mom and I have known each other a while. And so I sensed myself going, and I was digging back in, you know, I was going to throw a punch back. And then I went, I'm just going to stop right now because this isn't the game I want to play. And later I went back and I reflected and I was like, why was I feeling that way? And from that place, I could more clearly articulate myself. So to your point, yes, it's hard to pause in the moment. But when you have practice taking a different path, you start to say, this is a choice. I choose the other choice. And I just want to add one more thing. And that is, you know how I like my Oracle cards. And one Oracle card I pulled the other day was about instinct. And it was the story of a wolf who climbs to the top peak of a mountain to share his wisdom. And the story was that the wolf never turns around to see who's behind him because he goes only higher to see who's ready for his teachings. And to me, that was such a great reflection of, I don't look to my past. I don't look to all the the um, different storylines I could go back into and all of the drama I could go back into. It's this present moment moving me forward. I'm not gonna get you know drugged down by the rest of the stuff. <laughs> and, well, and the decision. It's yes. a decision. And your most your two most recent podcasts. On relationships. Healing relationships. You let off the first of the two parts. You let off with that. 
talking about Einstein's choice, right? We all have a choice. It's it, as hard as it might be to hear. I'm somewhat paraphrasing. Is we have it's simple. We have two choices, right? We can choose to look at the universe and the world and life as whatever you said, hot, happy, positive, friendly, friendly. or we can look at it as negative and, and dangerous, dangerous, and whatever. And it really comes down to that. And I, I know that's a little off what you were saying, but it, but it's related to a choice, right? In any given moment, we have a choice of how we choose to look at something, take what somebody is saying, whatever it is. And the more we practice being present, the more that will be in line with our higher selves. We won't mistake it. We won't go into ego. Absolutely. You're, you're all right. It's amazing, though, and I'm going to go back to you, Erica, with those dousing rods closed and dousing rods open. <clears throat> it does seem silly sometimes and mundane, but it is that simple. You just, in the moment, can catch yourself going down that negative road and just think of something you love, your children, a piece of cake. I remember working with a woman a long time ago, and she said, I can't think of anything. And I said, do you like chocolate cake? And yes, well, that's think about that. It doesn't matter. It's just the way our energy is being radiated. Are we focused in the drama triangle and hate and fear, or are we open to love? So can we spend a few minutes talking about different ways to, to practice that? Sure. And, and you, you just said probably the most simple of methods, but cake probably the hardest for me to do in the moment because I just am not thinking I'm not even there. I suppose there's a lot of different methods. One of my methods, if I get really stuck, is if I if I pretend it's a scale. Zero is life totally sucks or this sucks. And 10 is, wow, this is the best thing ever. And if I put myself at a two or three, I have not found a way to go from a two to a 10 like that. But I've found a way to go from a two to a three pretty quickly, and then a three to a four pretty quickly, and then a four to a five, and kind of walk that scale by just reaching for a slightly better thought in the moment. I might still be really angry. I might think, you know, I, whatever, I, I really don't like this person, what they're doing, but, but maybe there's a reason, right? That's a slightly better thought. The energy shifts a little bit, a little less resistance, and that kind of leads to the next one and the next one. But is there... I'm just curious on everybody's yeah. opinion. Is there a, is there a there is different a, There's a lot of way? simple ways, but one of the ways I like, because I was trained with it, Yogacharya kept saying this to me, can't imagine why, but he'd say, look for the good in everything. No matter what the situation, look for the good in it. And when you do that, you can go from one to ten, because it's amazing. <laughs> it is. Try it sometime. Just say to yourself, I want to see the good in this situation. Well, one thing I'd like to say about that, because I, I relate to what you're talking about, Dave, and I think we have all known, probably all of our listeners too, have known people who, in your life, at some point, were doing this where they're they're working to make you angry. I mean, it's there, and they get there a lot out, out there. of it. There's people like that, that, that they, they get something out of that. And I think especially if you're a person who that's not your objective, you can get caught off guard by that. At least, okay, I should speak about for myself. I, I get caught off guard because I, mm -hmm. I do assume the best of people and I get confused and kind of sometimes I lose my bearings. I mean, mm -hmm. I, I'm just kind of like getting chewed on. And then, and it's the worst when it happens, like you're talking about, Dave, where there's words that are one thing and an intention and energy that is another. So like from narcissists and, and different things. So 
I go back to what you said about helping others. So one good thing that can come out of it, in addition to helping yourself, is when you when you refuse to be chewed on, the the predator has nothing has no reason to be there. And so so like, and I'm just thinking about an instance pre my previous employee um, with this specific person, and there was it happened a lot. And one of the times I just didn't I just didn't do it. I I sat back down, and the words stopped coming out of their mouth. And then I kind of... Because you weren't reacting. I wasn't reacting. And then I kind of smiled and said, hey, maybe we should talk about this later. How about that? You took their power away. And they were... I mean, it was like a white looking at like blood leave their body. And I, I think it's not like it brought them to consciousness, but I think it. what it did was it... it I think it made them think. I don't know. But um, the, the pain stopped for them and me. And so that was a really good thing. And I'm not good at all the time. I'm not admitting that I'm not saying I'm a, I'm a pro, but that was a big test. So there are like, I think there's different levels of tests. It's like Mario. It's like, there's like the little, <laughs> there's like the little bad guys. And then there's the big bad guys and you have to like beat them. At, so you'll like learn little lessons, little lessons. And then you have like their test and it's like, okay, well you've gotten chapter one. So now you have to pass the test. And when Bowser comes along, you're ready. Yeah, you got to be like, oh, I notice this. I see this. I can, okay, I see what's happening here. You know, I want to. So well, I got it. <laughs> don't. Yeah, okay. You're welcome. <laughs> Thank you. Well, there, um, and do you, yeah, do you saying? I mean, there are, there are. I'm sure we all know someone like this. There are energy suckers. Oh. And there are energy givers, and and I, I don't always see energy. People that are energy suckers right away. I, I'm getting better at it. They're needy. Yeah, they're in the drama. But I mean, it just yeah. But the moment I recognize what I'm getting into, I that's I don't know. Yeah, it's similar to what you say, right? You just I put an energy wall up and say, I'm cutting my energy off. This Sorry, is this is it. This is it. You got to go somewhere else, and that's it. Yeah. Well, that's becoming present and conscious and getting into being authentic, right? Because you're recognizing that it's not a harmonic match. You're not in harmony with the frequency of that individual. Yeah, and, and, and again, I'm not, when I cut my energy off, I'm not doing it in judgment, right? right. I'm not trying to say, wow, you're an energy sucker, you are <laughs> right. in low life. I, it's, it's just, that's not what I want. I'm not creating that. I'm not vibrating at that frequency. And it's okay that you do that, but it's not okay that you do that with me. Well, there's another thing that I want to mention while you're talking about that. You ask for different methods. <laughs> So there's another method for you to use, and especially this is for your own feelings, okay? Say you're in anger or whatever. Uh, I'll give you an example. I don't do depression. Depression is not part of my repertoire. But one day I was severely depressed, and I couldn't get out of it. No matter what I did, I couldn't get out of it. And Richard and I were driving to church. We were going to, to the meditation on Tuesday night. And I thought if I talked to him... He would say something funny or something to get me out of the depression. And so I mentioned it to him, but everything he said made me more depressed. And it was so excruciating. This, this depth of the depression was so excruciating. We were at North and where 41 comes in there or whatever that is. And I was about to jump out of the car. It was so bad. And then the thought came to me, I am not this. This is not who I am. And instantly, the depression left me and I started to laugh. Mm -hmm. 
And Richard looked over at me and he said, what happened to you? And I said, that's not who I am. And it was an instantaneous recognition that the energy of depression had taken over my emotional body, but I didn't need to, I didn't need to participate. It wasn't serving you. But I, but I was so caught up into it before that. I couldn't see that until that moment where I was about to jump out of the car because it was so painful. And But what made you, so we're talking about methods of practice. Right. That's a wonderful, it's a wonderful story, wonderful example. What made you, what made that, right? I mean, from a, so not, just because you're much better at practicing than perhaps I am? Well, <laughs> I probably have a couple of years on uh, you. Okay. <laughs> but don't forget, the mantra that you use mm-hmm. throughout your day is the most important thing. And my mantra is always what's right. highest and best, what's okay, highest and best. So you set yourself up so for success. Even when, I'm, when, even when I was caught up in depression, mm-hmm. that inward focus was there. Mm-hmm. And so, But remember what I said. It was at the excruciating point where I was about to jump out of the car that it disappeared because I came to the recognition <clears throat> that that's not who I am. I'm not a human being that, that has a depression. I'm a spiritual being having a spiritual experience in a human body, and it was gone. Now, have I been able to do that all the time? You guys know I was in the ER five times last year. So, no, <laughs> you know, I wish I could. But in that moment, it worked. Okay? So when we're thinking, and that's a present, that's a present moment decision based on a mantra that's constantly going. So many things to say. I think one thing that I would like to add to that too is that when we're attaching a storyline to something, right? We've not only felt the feeling, but we've created a whole scenario out of this, right? Like I'm not inventing this. This is largely Buddhism, right? So like I'll give credit where credit is due. But the idea that I don't need to trickle further into all of this, I simply need to feel the feeling, Mm. allow it to move up and out. Mm. And then I can be out of my head and my mind and my storyline. And this is what I did with my mom the other day when I caught myself. I was like, I'm going somewhere I don't want to be. Never mind her. Like you're saying, I didn't sit in judgment towards my mom. She's a sovereign being and she's allowed to have her experience. I didn't ask her what her experience was about. I simply had to acknowledge that I was going down a road I didn't want to be on. I felt the feeling in my body and I went, nope. And I shut it down as soon as I could. And you know what happened next? My higher self came to me and said, well, that was good that you shut up there because nothing good was going to come out of your emotional self. You were just going to react and spew out things you didn't want to. So good thing you stopped. But guess what? Just like you said, Kate, these little like triggers, these little lessons. Bowser thumbs. You need need to speak up for yourself. How long are you going to just not stand up and have a voice and and fear that this is going to be the outcome or that's going to be the outcome? Speak up for yourself. Share how you feel. Not because you need someone else to understand it, but because you need to share what you're feeling. So when you ask about my strategy, what got me to a place where I could do something like that, number one, it's been the practice of cultivating self-love and love enough for myself that all of who I am is divine and beautiful and wonderful all the messy parts of me and all the great parts of me because it allows me to come back to myself like with compassion instead of with criticism and then also if i'm being truthful the prayer that you shared with us too which one the 
the prayer that goes along with that I need to read in my medicine cabinet in the bathroom. (laughs) There's a lot of prayers. The one, it has three verses. Oh, yes. You mean the protections. Yes. The three protections. Yes. Okay. So when I, when I get my protections about me, I understand where my connection lies. You do it in a fast and easy way. Your mantra, show me what's highest and best. I envision myself in a white tube with a purple tube around me, with a nice blue circle around me, and what that means to me in terms of who I'm um, aligning with, right? Instead of allowing all of the outside stuff to penetrate. Now, I do use those three protections every morning. I don't just say what's I And you have them memorized, don't you? I do, but I've been doing them a few years longer sure. than you have. I, I'm not judging any of us. But I just I'm glad that you pointed out that really and truthfully, all you have to do is visualize it. Mm-hmm. Because remember, you're not creating those things, but by focusing on them, you are allowing your higher self to create that for you. Mm-hmm. So what we're talking about here is the magic presence and the three protections from St. Germain Foundation. Just want to give them credit. Thank you. Yes. So is there an element, is what you just said, is there an element you said, uh, would you say cultivating love of yourself? Mm-hmm. So I think there's an element of forgiveness there. Not so much of other people. Certainly that's part of the equation of forgiveness of yourself. And I know I struggle with that about, you know, I suppose we all are the hardest on ourselves, right? But there's... It requires forgiving forgiving yourself on a lot of things, except that I'm perfect where I am. I may not like where I am today. I may not be happy with something in my life, but it's happening for a reason. The contrast is being offered to me to show me this isn't what I want, not to get me to focus on the negative. It's there just to show me, to wake me up, say, hey, it's a gift. This is, this is not what you want, so you can focus on what you do want. And create something different. Yeah. Well, you know, it's fascinating. I was working with a gentleman yesterday, and as he and I were working, he is in a grief process. He lost his wife. And as I was working with him, I realized that I had a program like he had because my sister died. And it was very difficult when my sister was going through the process of dying. The last two years were very difficult before she passed. And I recognized as I was working with him that I had that same problem. I didn't think I deserved to live, to thrive, and to be happy. Okay? And so I had to understand in that moment that, yes, we all have programs that we have to forgive ourselves for. And sometimes when we have situations like that, and we have to grasp ourselves and say, wait a minute, just because this person is going through pain and suffering, doesn't, it's not going to help if I go through pain and suffering with them. Yeah, and, it's not and I suppose if them. you're natural rescuer, then you're going to be drawn to that. And it's probably even harder to get out of that. Unless you decide that that's right. not what you want to create. You said it. Right. It's, it's the contrast, right? Yeah. You say, oh, I don't <clears throat> want that. But then I have to give myself permission to live, thrive, and be happy. And I think that's an important message for anybody listening, right? That, that negative things, things that cause you to go, I don't like that. The lesson is to see those as what they are. It's, it's, it's simply contrast. Maybe another person is playing a role to mirror something you're ignoring in yourself. So you they provide you the contrast, Absolutely. right? Honor that. Be grateful for it. You don't have to go into it. You don't have to be good friends with them, but you can at least honor the role. And, and so just consider the fact that the, the, if you think something's bad or negative, it's just contrast. 
don't focus on it. It's a or choice. you will create more of it until you finally realize that that's what it is, just contrast. Can I share one thing quick that goes along with that? I know you're waiting, and so I don't want to take a lot of time. But I wanted to say this because it goes with this, Dave. If self-forgiveness is difficult for you, then use what you just said. See the mirror in another, right? So if it's easy for you to forgive somebody, but it's not easy for you to forgive yourself, watch somebody else forgive you. Or watch somebody forgive somebody else and watch the process of forgiveness unfold and then let that be your mirror. Why wouldn't I deserve that as well? Right. Mm -hmm. And that to me goes along with the philosophy of compassion. Right. And the Dalai Lama would always say, you know, think of that person as your brother. Think of that person as your father. And so you can offer yourself the same unconditional love that you would someone dear to you. If you would forgive Emma, why wouldn't she forgive you? Exactly. Yeah. And Simple. Because sometimes maybe I don't think I deserve it yet, right? That's And that's mm-hmm. that's what you get through, right? So. No, it's okay. Um, so so um, I just had a couple of thoughts kind of as we're talking here. And I, one of the things that helps me to, um, yeah, helps me to catch myself is was what you said, Karen, about um, see the good in everything and how really our choice to to do that is kind of a zero to ten instrument. Like there is kind of no other level. Like because when you see the good, it happens so quickly and it happens for you and it happens for the other person. You know, and it and when you don't it goes the other direction for you and the other person. I mean, it's like the domino effect to the right or to the left. Mm-hmm. And so, and I just, and that just made me think, and you guys were talking about the rescuer thing too, and I just had this moment kind of that illustrates this the other day. I was at Port Washington with my son in the morning. We were just walking on the beach, which is what we do now every morning because he loves the beach the most and he loves to go fishing. I mean, it's, you know, not fishing, but it's fishing. It's fine. Anyway, and it's he, John's fishing. John is it's how John fishes. That's right. He catches a little green fish over and over and over. It's really good. He's <laughs> very good at it. So, um, anyway, so we were out fishing, and there was this other mother and like three kids, and I and I watched them because well, I, you couldn't miss them because they were very loud, and the kids were very angry. They wanted to be there, then they didn't want to be there. Then they wanted to go to the bathroom, then they didn't want to go to the bathroom. Then they were, one was, one, one, the girl was having a, a, like a tantrum on the, on the sand, and then the boy was running off, and she couldn't, she was trying to help the girl with the tantrum. I mean, I, it was, essentially, I remember looking at it and thinking, wow, like, like, okay, what is this? Because <laughs> it, because it brought up in me, I was like, I was like, this that looks like living hell to me. That looks like living hell and living hell for those kids. You know, and like just as one example, her daughter said, I have to go to the bathroom. And her mom said, well, let's go to the porta potty And she said, I don't want to go to the porta potty And she said, well, well, we, okay. And she didn't say like we have to. That's what I would say. She said, okay, we don't have to go. And then the girl started yelling, she had to go to the bathroom. So it was just this, this chaos. And I remember thinking, okay, I must be seeing this because I need to be reminded how I can have a high expectation and and there will be anger, but I will still hold that expectation no matter what for whoever I'm with because you, I, I see that I saw the future for those kids. I saw it. 
not just in high school, but in, when they're 30, when they're 40, if they're, you know, living that long. I saw it and I was like, they're so unhappy. And I'm like, so clearly it's a reminder for me. And then also it gave me so much gratitude. I was like, I called my husband after we got in the car and I said, I think we're doing an okay job. I think, you know, because I'm always like, oh, we should do this and we should, oh, we have to remember this and we have to blah, blah, blah. And, you know, and he's, him too, he's like, well, maybe we got to try this and we got to be better about this. And every now and again, you need to celebrate, you know, none of us are getting it right. Even that woman too, she's, she's working and she's getting better and she, hopefully that's going to happen. And well, clearly it is. It's just that everyone's at a different pace, right? And, um, or it's contrast as David. Or it's contrast, out. right. So, but the, but the point is, it's like all good things came from that moment. All good things came from that moment. I appreciated John more. I appreciated Adam more. I appreciated what she was going through. So you had a lot of things to appreciate from that moment. I really did. Um, and I was very grateful. And it also did, it did make me, I did think of this group. And I thought, what do I need to look at now in my own, in, every, in what I am doing? And in no way can I be judgmental of her because I am living, you know, I, I'm living a life where I need to be reminded that I believe my child can, can do everything and anything in the world. And, you know, I mean, he's, he's only three, so I mean, there's things he can't do. But like everything a three-year-old should be able to do, he can absolutely do it. And um, when he tells me he doesn't want to go because he doesn't want to go to the porta potty, I don't, I can laugh at him. And we can have a good laugh about it. So, you know, it's um, it was just a great, whatever. It was a learning experience for me, and it was ended in a lot of gratitude. And I think that's, I just, going back to when you're snapping yourself out of it, it's like if you, you can either go and see the good, and it takes you right there. And it's like going to the ocean with a, a teaspoon or just hooking up a pump. You know what I mean? Being like, okay, I'm just going to take it because... Mm-hmm. Because it's here, and I'm not saying I'm, and I'm not saying I'm perfect yet, and I don't really even have an answer to you. Because when people start coming at me like that, I this I have the same kind of initial reaction. I and then I have to really go. Okay, I I guess the best sentence I have in my head, my mantra in that moment is, I see the Christ in you. That's a good one. Mm-hmm. And you know, if you'll practice using those protections more and more, I don't know if you do, but if you'll use them more and more. They will get so strong and so powerful that you'll actually feel the person's anger bounce off. Mm-hmm. I've had that experience where I could actually, somebody's screaming at me and I could actually, I wanted to laugh, but I, that wouldn't have been appropriate. But anyway, the, the energy would come to me and I could actually feel it bounce off of the magic circle. And I, I like, I guess I like that concept, that the method you described to me, because what that sounds like to me is it's, it's, it's a daily routine, right? If you practice your daily mantra routine, you're setting yourself up for success, right? No matter what happens in, in, during the day, that, that's one thing. If, I, if, I, if I'm not careful about when I first wake up or within an hour wake up, if I'm not careful about setting my, setting my intentions, being present, just being aware of how I'm feeling, what, what's going on, if I don't do that, I'm so... I, I'll chase every shiny object, every random shiny object that life throws at me, Right. And and so I think practicing the daily routine helps 
Yes, and Yogananda says if you will stop even just for a few minutes as you first wake up and just dedicate your life to whatever your mission is or to God or your higher power, you will be guided. It will, and it will protect you, okay? But yes, and remember, we're talking about the four levels of learning. You're at the practice stage, and the more you practice, then the simpler it gets to go into that fourth, whether it's automatic. There, I guarantee you, David, there will come a day when somebody will be raging at you, and you will not have a reaction except love. You will radiate love, because that's the mm-hmm. highest thing we can do, is just automatically radiate love, no matter what's happening. Okay, right. and that's the test of being conscious, honest, and responsible for our energies. No matter what's happening in our day, whether it's somebody that we love is dying, whether it's somebody that we don't like is yelling at us, whether or not we're sick or whatever, our first reaction, if we can radiate love, then we're there. We're, we're there. We're conscious, we're present, we're, we're at one with our higher self. Mm-hmm. And life becomes beautiful. It's a life of grace. Mm-hmm. And I'm working there. those words are so beautiful and so meaningful can i add what has to fall by the wayside in order to be there i had to stop i have to stop taking things personally Mm. right i have to see the other person and not just myself so when i lead with compassion like you said may I i see the christ in you right it's seeing the hurt in someone else or it's seeing the fear in somebody else or the devastation in somebody else and in ourselves. But there are things that we have to let go of. So when we talk about moving from the drama triangle into the authentic relationship triangle too, there are things we have to let go of that you know we aren't responsible for saving everybody and fixing everybody and helping everybody, that not everything that happens to us is a personal attack against us. And that we can, like you said, radiate love and offer compassion to everybody on their journey. And so, yes, it just, it's all of this stuff. I feel like there's this shield and this barrier of protection Mm -hmm. that says, I'm right here. I'm in alignment and all the other stuff just starts to melt away. You don't have to control anything else. No. Right. Which I I definitely try to control. Yeah. There it is. More than I should. There it is. I don't have to control anything else. There's nothing yeah. to control. Right. I mean, There's I, only being. Right. I mean, I think my my our job, my job is to focus on get clear in what I want to create, and trust the rest. Absolutely. And not control it. And that's a that's that's a hard one for me. Well, but to, you're working on it. I, I am. I'm working on it. Slowly. And when we surrender, now the the real secret here is when we surrender our lives to our higher selves. When we make that commitment, you know, I I shared with you my mantra every morning, you know, how I dedicate my life, my every thought, word, feeling, and deed, on and on and on. When I do that, I have to do that consciously. Because if I do it rote, it doesn't have meaning. But, you know, when I do my walk, I go through this whole mantra about blessing everybody in my life and praying for everybody and everything. But when I say that, I dedicate my life, my every thought, word, feeling, and deed, I'm setting an intention not just for today, but for my life. But it's important for me to repeat it every day because my subconscious mind needs that reminder. Mm-hmm. Because then, no matter what happens, it's all got to be good. And I love the word you said, surrender. I love that because I'll reach a point where I let things build and build and build. And maybe I'm not even aware of it. And all of a sudden, it's, life just seems 
way too much for me. To, too, so much going on, right? Mm-hmm. Way too much. And it, it, I'll, I let that go too far. But eventually, I have. To, I just have to say, I will. I'm tired of getting my butt kicked. <laughs> I'm, I, I surrender. And it's not just the words. I have to actually feel. All right, I give up. I give up. Because what you're doing is you're giving up the, the will of the ego to the will of the mm-hmm. higher self. That's what I'm talking about, surrender. I'm not talking yeah. about surrendering to the world. <laughs> Forget <laughs> that. I'm talking about when we really say, thy will be done. We're saying to our higher self, I know you want me to have a life of joy. I know you want me to have everything, everything that's beautiful. And if I could just get my ego out of the way by saying, okay, whatever, whatever, whatever. What did you say? I, you're recent podcast you said something about the ego doesn't want to let something about higher self um oh, of course it doesn't want it, the it, higher self in there at all yeah it, the ego wants control it right. wants power it, it doesn't trust anything yeah. no yeah. that's and it, why. And it will fight to keep control of of whatever situation absolutely yeah. yes because now what i want to remember <clears throat> is the ego is the presence the threshold it's it's the part of us that tests us, do you really want to move forward? And we always have to say, yes, get out of the way. Okay? It's called the dweller on the threshold. So for us to, now, yeah, that has power, doesn't it? Yeah. And so when we catch ourselves, you know, a long time ago when my ego would be raging, I'd go and stand in the mirror and I'd, I'd look into my eyes and I'd say, I'm taking you into the light with me, so just get out of my life. And of course, the ego doesn't want to go into the light. But I remember screaming at the mirror because I wanted to pay attention to what I was saying. So you're right. The ego doesn't want anything but power, control, chaos. It wants to keep us asleep because that's where its power is. It can control you. The ego has its way when you're in the drama triangle. It just brings you, you know, you go around and around and around the mulberry bush. But when you say, I'm done, it's over, you no longer have control over me, I'm going to be present, conscious, and honest. Then the, then the big, you know, Yogananda says, then the big guns come out. Then the ego really tests you, okay? Yes, and that's the Bowser, right? Yeah. The elephants, yeah. That's, you know, in, in the Hindu army, that was the elephants. They were the big, the, you know, the, the beings that could run through the village and destroy all the huts. So that's when, when we're battling the ego, that's what we're at. We're at that big point, the big Armageddon mm-hmm. battle, okay? Oh, yeah. And so our desire has to be surrender, Trust, trust that whatever tests come our way, they're for our highest good, and then continue to stay present, conscious, responsible, and honest. Yes, Kate. Erica was leaning in. I just was going to say, and to go along with that then too, we've talked about believing in other people's capability, but that's believing in our capability exactly. though. It starts, that, starts with yeah, that. Right? Absolutely. So yeah. to believe that we are so empowered and connected to higher self if we choose that our ego has nothing on us exactly it has zero power in the in the bible it says that which is within you has more power than that which is in the world um well i (laughs) i um oh my goodness well i basically you know when i think of this in communication because just bringing it back to communication what's amazing to me about the ego is not only does the ego want to keep you out, but it doesn't matter the stakes. 
-hmm. It could be over a candy wrapper, or it could be the end of the world and the ego. You know, I'm serious. I mean, we've all experienced this, right? Like, we'll be in we'll be in communication with someone, and it's over something. You can't remember. Like you probably couldn't remember the argument. Like you'd yeah. be like, oh, "What were we arguing about? I don't know, but we were going to kill each other." Like that's. I mean, they, that's ego, ego wants us dead. I mean, would rather have us right and dead than alive and and wrong. And so, <laughs> and it's uh, over nothing. Anyway, it's insanity when you say it out loud. And sometimes, what helps, you know, you're talking too, to do like little keys to to jumpstart my own higher self is I will say it out loud because that's something you'll never, you never like hear, right? Like in a conversation is to really say like, what are we actually talking about here? That's being honest. Yeah. Being honest. Yeah. Yeah. Jump into the, <laughs> the authentic triangle and you kind of have, and then you can kind of, and then the other thing, like you said at the beginning too, like a little laughter, you, if you kind of let, let just like one laugh sneak out, just let it out. Just like let, like let one laugh sneak out of your mouth and that can do it too, you know, because you start laughing and they're like, oh my God, we're laughing. We're like fighting about nothing. And um, it can lift you. And um, and then from that point, you can then, you can now have a true conversation. So anyway. That's a very yeah. good method because humor mm-hmm. is really one of the most wonderful ways to get the dousing rods open, right? <laughs> Think about that. You start laughing and you can't take anything serious when you laugh. Right. So that's a very good point. Well, she's brought us back to communication. I think that was great. Okay, well, I want to introduce one last thing. It's, and I want you to think about this. I don't know how many of you have heard about this, the mastermind principle. It was started by Jack Bowen many, many years ago. And I just want to read this to you. Um, it comes from, well, this, this phrase or this quote comes from As a Man Thinketh by James, James Allen. Mind is the master power that molds and makes, and man is mine, and evermore he takes the tool of thought and shaping what he wills, brings forth a thousand joys, a thousand ills. He thinks in secret, and it comes to pass. Environment is but his looking glass. Ooh, <laughs> snappy day. So next time I'd like to talk about the guidelines for becoming a mastermind group because I think the four of us are perfect for it. But anyway, I wanted to end with that. That's okay. Cool. All right. Thank you. Yeah. Well, that's all for today. Thank you for joining Shifting Consciously. It is our hope that this podcast will be a means of strengthening community and supporting one another. Feel free to ask questions, share your troubles, celebrate your victories by going to our website, www.shiftingconsciously.com. Then share our podcast with your friends and join us for the next segment, which will be recorded, as always, extemporaneously. Until then, make it a great day and radiate love.